because it's not because you guys can't hear or anything like that, but there, there's a, uh, some folks around the country, around the world that, that for whatever reason, I uh, like to listen to us and we're honored that that happened. So we want to make sure that we get a good recording for them. So having said that, we're just going to move forward here. Philippians 4, the Apostle Paul is writing to the Philippian church. Now keep in mind, the, uh, the Apostle Paul, he's in house arrest over in Rome. So in the natural, things aren't looking really good for him. But while he's on house arrest, he's using this opportunity to, to send out a letter of, of encouragement to the Philippian church. Now look at this picture. The Apostle Paul's in jail. He does not know what's going to happen to him tomorrow. He could be executed tomorrow. He could be set free tomorrow. He, he doesn't really know what's going on. Now, he, there's some things that he wants to do and that he's expecting God to do. But at the end of the day, he doesn't really know what's going to happen in his world. But he uses this opportunity to witness to those around him and to spread the gospel with those around him and also send off a letter of encouragement to this very special church of his, uh, the Philippians over there in Philippi. So in uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 1, we have kind of a a, a, a turning of the page or, or the Apostle Paul is trying to wind down his letter. So this is the last chapter. We're going to focus only on this verse today as far as our Philippian study. This is what he says. Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. There's, there's a lot of sweet things the Apostle Paul is saying in that verse right there. Now, he's talking to the Philippian church, as I've stated about 10 times so far this morning. But, but here's the deal, man. Look at how much he loves these guys. All right. Let me read this again. Therefore, therefore. My brothers, okay? My brothers. So he's talking to Christian folks. Therefore, my brothers, whom I love. I love you guys. I love you guys. That's what he's saying. You guys are my brothers, and I love you. The Apostle Paul means this. My brothers, whom I love and long for. He wants so badly. The Apostle Paul so badly wants to be with the believers in Philippi. He wants to worship with he wants to see him. He wants to embrace him. He is so much looking forward to being together with them again. Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown. Now, we want to focus on that real fast, my joy and my crown. What the Apostle Paul has got going on here is, is he's, he's letting these guys know that, that I take pride in you. That I, the Apostle Paul had a lot to do. Well, it was God. It was the Holy Spirit and it was the Apostle Paul and his ministry group that was able to establish this church in Philippi with a bunch of pagans, with a bunch of dirt worshiping heathens, with a bunch of idol worshipers, people that did not worship the one true God, people that did not know or love Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul was able to come in there and lead these people to Christ. And so he started this church uh, and he started a lot of other churches. But the Philippian church is, is a special uh, church to him. And he says, you guys are my crown, my joy, my happy thought, man. I'm over here locked up, man. I don't know what's, what, what they're going to serve today in the cafeteria. I have no idea what's going on. It's, it's boredom. I have no idea what Caesar's going to do to me. But you know what? When I think about you guys, man. 
My heart overflows with joy. You guys are my crown. You guys, you guys just make, I'm so proud of you. That's what he's saying. I'm so proud of you guys. You went from worshiping idols, worshiping fake gods to worshiping the one true God. And, and that's a, um, we see that through the Pauline letters or the, the letters that Paul wrote to different churches that he had a part in establishing. If you look at 1 Thessalonians 2 and 19 and 20, this is not just a solo thing that he says to the Philippians church, and you'll see this throughout his letters, but I just want to kind of back this up. He's saying, I love you guys, man, and I'm proud of you. I am so proud of your spiritual growth, of your maturity, that the fact that you guys are actually sending me care packages while I'm in prison. You're going through your own trials, you know, you're being persecuted, but here I am locked up and you're thinking about me. It brings them a lot of pride and joy. First Thessalonians 2 and verse 19, talking about the church in Thessalonica, the Apostle Paul says, For what is our hope or joy or crown of boasting? See, the language is very similar. Let's look at Philippians 4.1 again. Therefore, my brothers whom I love and long for, my joy and crown. Now go to Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 2.19, talking to the church in Thessalonica. For what is our hope or joy or crown of boasting before our Lord Jesus at his coming? Is it not you? So talking to the Thessalonians, he's saying, you guys, you guys bring me no small amount of joy and I cannot wait. I already do this in my time of prayer when I'm talking to the Lord. I boast about you guys. I tell them how awesome you guys are, you know, but I can't wait for the, for the appearing of Jesus Christ. I can't, I cannot wait for that. And buddy, you better believe him. I'm going to believe telling them how awesome you guys are. So the apostle Paul, as he's winding down his letter here, he's doing something pretty cool, man. He's saying, guys, you know what? We've been going through some some teachings. I've been laying it out there, telling you uh, how we need to trust in the Lord and how you don't you don't want to follow these false doctrines that are coming into the church. And I want you guys to get along. He's been teaching them for three chapters, and he's briefly pausing and saying, "Guys, don't forget this. I love you guys so much. I love you guys so much. I am proud of you." And he's going to kick it in. He's going to do a little bit more preaching, but right now he wants these guys to know. I love you guys. And I think there's a lot of take-homes for that, but let's keep going and we'll talk a little bit more about that. But look at Ephesians 2 and verse 10. Because we have, we have this, we have the Apostle Paul talking to these church folks saying, ah, I know you guys aren't perfect, but I'm proud of you. I love you so much. And then we see that the Apostle Paul is following God's template because we see how God shows, God shows his people that he loves us over and over again. Does this make sense this morning? Um, the Apostle Paul is just following Scripture. He's following what God does in our life. You know, uh, God tells us over and over again in Scripture how loved we are. And, and some of us have, uh, honestly, some of us have never known the love of a father. Some of us have had just crazy upbringings. Some of us have, have just had all kinds of crazy things happen in their life. But see, one thing that we can, that we, that can give us joy and peace and something that we can stand on is the fact that we do have a loving Father in heaven that genuinely cares about us and, and he is proud of us. Um, you know, uh, Brother Dalton, he's proud of you, man. I'm proud of you, but he's proud of you. Brother Stefan, he's proud of you. The Most High God is proud of us. What a wonderful thing to think about. 
that God in heaven looks down and says, oh, there's Sister Claudia. She is, she is my, my little woman. She has, been, she has been by my side, my faithful handmaiden for all these years, and she just don't quit. You know, God is proud of his people. He loves his people. I'm going to back it up for you. Ephesians 2 and verse 10. Check it out. Ephesians 2 and verse 10. This is what God says about us, man. Um, for we are his workmanship. Um, another translation, I believe the NLT. Um, another translation says we are his masterpiece. Another translation says his handiwork. You know, I, I personally like the masterpiece part. But the, the sentiment is the same, man. That, that this is God talking about us. Not, not mankind, not humanity, even though we are all created in his image, okay? But he's talking about something different. His, his masterpiece, his crowning achievement. Uh, uh, you see what I'm saying this morning? We're talking about the creator of heaven and earth. We're talking about the guy that, that puts a whole world inside a pine tree where all the bugs are living and doing the thing and all that rubbish and the sun and the craziness and you guys don't know what I'm talking about. Well, you know, there's a lot going on, man. You know, Rick, you know about niches and, and, and uh, uh, whatever. I'm gonna, I, I can't try to talk smart. It doesn't work out. Rachel Jean told me, she said, don't even try that. It's best just to not even try it, is what she said. Now, now God does all these amazing... Now, I've completely lost my train of thought. Let's dismiss. Dear Lord, now I'm playing. No, I'm playing. We got, we got a lot of good stuff to talk about this morning. Let's see. Our God who has created all these things, he says, you, you, Bray Bray, you, Sister Rachel, uh, you, you guys are my masterpiece, my work of art, uh, Brother Bill. Okay, for we are his workmanship. This is good. We should be excited about this um, because uh, this is God. He puts the value into us. You know, it's like when you go to a swap meet or whatever these things are called, where they go to the, the dig around the, the stuff at the dirt mall. What, what are the things called? Flea markets. You know, and, and you walk by a million things and you're like, ah, yeah. but somebody's like, oh my gosh, uh, this is what I need to complete myself. Man, I've been looking for this 1981 G.I. Joe. Oh my gosh. You know, let's see, that, that's kind of what God does. He's like, he puts the value into us. You know what I mean? He says, you are so precious to me. And he's, like I said, not, not humanity, not mankind, but those that have accepted that precious gift, those that have accepted Jesus Christ. We are this new creation. We are this thing that has never happened before. We are God's crowning achievement, man. Give, give the Lord some praise. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. See, created in Christ Jesus. Without Jesus, you're not the work of art. Without Jesus, you're not the masterpiece. Okay. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. You ever wonder, what am I here for? What is the meaning of life? Well, the meaning of life, you are here to give God glory. And one of the ways you're going to give God glory is by doing good works, by doing what the good book says. Okay. It's not the good works that are going to save you. Okay. You're not going to get enough brownie points to get into heaven. That's by accepting that gift of Jesus Christ. But because of that, God just lets you in on a little secret here. I didn't just save your soul for you to come to church every couple weeks or every week or whatever. I, I, I saved your soul for this reason. I want you to do some stuff for me. 
Okay? I've done a lot for you, man. A huge price was paid. Now you go out there and show the world the love of Jesus. Moving forward. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So as we walk around feeling like we're not important or nobody really cares about me, let's look at this verse and understand that God has placed so much value in you that he loves you so much that not only did he create this new creation and said, I want Don Yvonne to live on earth and, and I want him to accept my son and all this, but, but before Don Yvonne was ever conceived, God had plans for him. Plans for him, man. That beforehand, he's like, I want Donnie to do this. I want him to reach out to this person. See how much you are loved. God is good. That's all I'm trying to say, church people. Apostle Paul is telling these folks, man, I love you. You guys are my crown. You're my joy. When I think about you, it just makes my heart overflow with excitement. I love the fact, fact that you guys, when I came around, you beat me. You didn't want nothing to do with me. You, you threw me in the jail. But now because of Jesus Christ and, and Jesus Christ allowing me to be part of this, I'm the bishop of your church. I, I saw you guys grow in maturity. I saw you grow in this relationship with the Lord. He, he's bragging about these people. And so he's following the template where God just says, man, I'm proud of you guys. I love you guys. I know you're not perfect. And see, here, here's the deal. Here's the skinny. Here's the 411. You know, God knows us, man. He knows us better than we know ourselves. Remember, Pete was like saying, I, I, I won't deny you. I'll, I'll die with you. I'll go to jail with you. And Jesus was like, yeah, it's, it's nice if you just, I like, I like where you're at, but you're going to deny me three times. Yeah. He knows us better than we know ourselves. And he still Loves us, man. First John uh, 3 in verse 1. Let's let uh, John the Revelator weigh in on this. First John 3 in verse 1. See what kind of love the Father has given to us. This is a great verse, guys. See what kind of love the Father has given to us. What kind of love is it? That we should be called children of God. And it's not just something we say. Be called children of God. And so we are. So John is saying, we don't just say we're children of God. It's not the, the name of our club. It's not just something cool. Hey, we're the children of God. Members only. But he's not saying that, man. He's saying, that's what we are. We have been grafted and he adopted me. He picked me out. When, when, when I look at myself, I wouldn't pick myself out for nothing. Nothing. I'm like, hey, he's, yeah, yeah. Y'all can argue with me if you want, but, 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 you know, but God is like, I want him. Gabriel's like, "Hmm?" nah, but God's like, I want him. He picks us out. He says, I want him to be in my family, joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Not just getting a little tiny percentage of the inheritance, but joint heirs. Jesus doing all the hard work. We get this massive share. All of us, man. There's something to be excited about. Eternal life, so on and so forth. You ain't got no reason to be grumpy right now. See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God. And so we are. I'll throw this part in here. The reason the world does not know us is that it does not know him. Hey, that makes sense. The reason why the world doesn't get you and get the fact that you're devoted to this book or rather you're devoted to God, Jesus Christ, the reason why they don't get that, 
is they don't get the fact that he's devoted to us. They don't get the fact that, that he, he is real and he has changed my life and he took me from death and sin and granted me eternal life and joys everlasting. So the world doesn't get us because it doesn't get him. And therefore, in, let me see, there's our responsibility to try and let that light of Jesus Christ shine through us uh, to lead people to the cross of Christ. Moving forward, let's go to the next slide, Claude. Everyone give Brother Claude a hand back there. Philippians 4 and verse 1. Is everyone okay? Philippians 4 and verse 1. Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown. Now, okay, so briefly before we, we go deeper into this verse, we see where the Apostle Paul is following what God does. Given, uh, given, given praise where praise is due. Get, well, let me say, give honor where honor is due. Okay? You know what I mean? And that's something that we need to apply to our lives if we don't do that already. I, I, I think it's easier for me to understand, in my opinion, than some people that are not a parent, you know, that, 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 that do not have children. But it's easier for me to, when I read this, therefore, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, that makes a lot of sense to me as a parent. You know, uh, specifically when it says long for, the first thing that came to my mind was when my son, Paul Jr., w w went away to the Air Force, and, and there's this season when there's, there's no communication, you know, and you just long you just, because he's, he's, he's part of you, you know, and, and all of a sudden he's gone and there's no communication. And so you just long to, to, to hear his voice, just to know he's all right, you know, which will make him, but, but what did, what did I have to do? What, what did he have to do? You know, because I, I had my old lady, I had Rachel Jean, I had the kids, I had all these other people around me. My world didn't change other than the fact that he was scooped up out of it. You know what I mean? That was a big, but he, his whole world got turned upside down. You know, he was, he was, everything was different for him. So we both had to stand firm in the faith. We both had to stand firm on God's promises because it wasn't like I could call him up or he could call me up and say, boy, listen, you need to read the Bible, you need to go to church, you need to move. I, I couldn't do that at that time, not at that season. But see, we both had to stand on the Lord's promises. Hopefully that'll make sense in a minute. Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown. And I think that we should, we should uh, encourage one another, that we should tell each other how we feel, man. You know, it's not, it's not that we, uh, uh, and I'm talking about us as individuals, with those around us, with our family, um, with our church family. You know, we should, we should let them know, hey, I love you, man. I love you. And, and, and when we say it, mean it. You know what I mean? Don't just, don't say it if you don't mean it, but if you mean it, say it. Um, when we read, uh, uh, see if I can find it. I, I, uh, uh, I fell asleep early last night and I, uh, forgot to study. So, uh, yeah, Rachel Jean just said I was lying. But, but, okay, but, the, okay, so check this out. Hebrews 10 and verse 24 and verse 25. This is from last week's sermon. Okay, Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. And let us consider, this is, this is the author of Hebrews, obviously, telling Christian folk we should do this. Listen up. 
This is what Christian folks should do. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as in the habit of some, listen, but encouraging one another, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So that's the author of Hebrews there saying, guys, don't stop going to church. Uh, it's real easy to not go to church sometimes. Uh, and sometimes you, you just can't do it. You're sick. You got to work, whatever. But the apostle of the author of Hebrews might be Paul. No one knows for sure. But he's saying, go to church, but don't just go to church. Encourage one another. So one of the things we need to do is follow God's template as the apostle Paul is following God's template. And, you know, encourage one another. Say, man, you know, I noticed what you're doing, man. I, I noticed that, that you're, you know, that there's been some changes in you, man. I know you're not perfect. Hey, let you know a little secret. Rachel ain't perfect. No, I'm not perfect either. You know what I'm saying? It's like, but, but I'm proud of you, man. You're growing in the Lord. You're trusting the Lord. I, I, I'm seeing fruit, man. You know, that's just a good godly principle to encourage one another. Anyways, I think we got the point there. Everybody look at your neighbor and say, I think I got the point. All right. Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. So now he says, I love you guys. Here's a little bit of a teaching for you. Everything that we talked about in the first three chapters and what I'm going to get to in this last chapter, the Apostle Paul, um, take it to heart. Stand on it. Stand on God's promises, man. When everything else looks like it's falling apart, you're going to need this. Make sense? When, when tempted, stand firm. When we face trials, stand firm. When the world comes against us, stand firm. Uh, look at Proverbs 3 and 5. Do we have that? Yeah, look, 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 guys. Proverbs 3 and 5. So he's saying, stand firm. Don't give up any ground. Stand firm. Hold tight. Stand on the rock. Okay, so Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, talking about standing firm. What does that look like? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Think about that. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. When the newsman says this, and you don't get a good feeling about it, when the newsman says this and you, you're, you're not an idiot, so you're like, eh, he's talking to me like I'm an idiot. You know, and the newsman says this and you know it ain't true. Okay. Well, we have something that is true. Remember, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So I always come back to him. That is my, that is my constant, right? So trust in the Lord with all your heart. Doesn't matter what your checkbook says. I'm not saying go float some checks. I'm just, I'm just saying trust in the Lord. It doesn't matter what the doctor says. We serve the great physician. Okay. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Even when I don't understand what's going on, especially when I don't understand what going on, what's going on. I understand this. He knows what's going on. He knows what's going on and he's my father and I'm standing firm in his promises. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. So that's a big one right there. That's a big one. Okay, you don't let the wind and the waves discourage you or freak you out, man. Okay, 
and do not lean on your own understanding. Verse 6. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. So remember we read that verse a little earlier about God had some things for us to do. God had good works for us that he prepared beforehand for us to walk in. You know, God has a plan for us, and you know what you know what I'm getting at here. But look at this right here. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. If you're tired of going around the mountain over and over again, if you ever felt like that, or you feel like you're not getting anywhere, okay, well, check this out. God says, well, have you acknowledged me? <laughs> In other words, what does, what does the good book say? All right. Okay. What does the good book say? Because that's what I want to put my trust in. All right. I'm going to read what the good book says and I'm going to trust and obey that. And that's going to get me on that straightest, straightest path to where I'm supposed to be. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Let me break it down. Okay. Moving forward. We got to stand firm, right? We're almost done. If you guys behave, if you can behave the last few minutes, or yeah, last 10 minutes, my brother. Okay, so check, so check this out. Trust in the Lord with your whole being, man, with everything that you are. Acknowledge him. What does the good book say? Do what the good book says. All right. First Kings 18 and verse 21. So what we're doing right now, we're just talking about standing firm. Standing for d- deciding, deciding that I believe God and I believe his promises. I believe what God says is true and I'm going to stand on that. That is, that is going to dictate what I think about, what I do. Uh, you see what I'm saying? That's what the apostle Paul said. Take the truth. Take this and stand on it. When people try and come into the church and, and manipulate you away for, to, and to follow some false doctrine, okay, don't do that, man. Stand firm in the teachings that I already gave you. Stand firm in the Word of God. Anything else is going to get you into trouble. Okay. So 1 Kings 18 and verse 21. I just had to pull this out. So, so this is one of the most awesome and crazy stories in the Old Testament. We're not going to go into it in detail. But we have the prophet Elijah going against 400 or so prophets of Baal. So we have one prophet that serves the one true God. And then we have a bunch of prophets that first worship an idol. Uh, this grotesque demon that they that they worship. This is state. Um, the, the, uh, the government, the leadership, the king and the queen of Israel at the time said, uh, we, we worship Bell around here. That's what we do. That's what we do. So this was state authorized, uh, demon worship, man. That's what they were doing in, in the nation of Israel. So all the other prophets were being, were hiding out if they weren't being murdered. But there was Elijah and he makes the stand. You see, he made the stand for what is true, what is right. He, he says, well, he says this right here. Well, he gathers up all these people for the contest at Mount Carmel. Contest at Mount Carmel. He calls the prophets of Baal, and there's him. And he says, okay, let's, let's build this altar. Build this altar right here. And we are going to see which God is real. We got this altar here, and we are going to put the sacrifice on the altar. Now everything is ready. Now prophets of Baal. You get your God 
to accept this offering. You get this God, you get your God to to light this old boy up without you setting a match to it. And your God is the one true God. And if you don't do it, let's see what my God can do. Okay, so I'm paraphrasing, obviously. Um, prophets of Baal, they do this thing for hours and hours and hours. Oh, Baal. And Baal ain't doing nothing, man. And, and Elijah's even teasing them. I'm not trying to be grotesque, but it's, it's really awesome when you know who you are in God, you know, and you can say to these, these numbskulls, you know, these nerdy wells, these rat scallions, you can, uh, that's what the kids say nowadays. Um, oh, <laughs> he says, maybe your God is on vacation. Maybe he's out of town. Maybe he's going to the bathroom, man. Maybe he's just too busy to help you guys out. And so they're cutting themselves and everything, trying to get their God's attention, man. Well, their God can't show up because he's a demon and he's bound up. And God's about to show his mighty arm, you know. And so, and now it's Elijah's turn. And Elijah says, okay, all right, guys, here we go. You guys have had enough. And it looks like you're about to bleed out. Just relax. Let's do this. He says, uh, dig a trench. Dig a trench around uh, around the altar here and take a bunch of water. The water was pretty scarce in these days, man. There's a big drought going on. So take a bunch of water, dump it all over this sacrifice, all over this altar. And there was so much water dumped on it that the trench was filled up with water. And then Elijah prays out to God and shagaboom. Everyone says shagaboom. God, fire comes down from heaven and engulfs, man, engulfs, uh, decimates, destroys, disintegrates everything, man, even laps up the water that was in the trench. And so before that happens, before this happens, this is the verse I was supposed to read about half an hour ago. First Kings 18 and verse 21. And Elijah came near to all the people because they gathered tons of people there. So let's decide this day. Which God you guys need to be serving here. And just like Joshua, Elijah says, as for me and Miles, we're going to serve the Lord. And Elijah came near to all the people and said, how long will you go limping between two different opinions? Sometimes you like Baal. Sometimes you like the one true God. You're going back and forth. You're playing the prostitute. You can't commit to anything. You're going to whatever shines and glimmers when God is the one true God that has blessed you over and over again. Okay. You go limping between two different opinions. If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And all the people did not answer him a word. But they answered him when that fire came down, dude. You know, and, and Elijah was saying, okay, all these prophets, are <laughs> round these cats up, man, round them up. And he had them put to death, you know. But, but see, Elijah was standing on what was true, man. He knew who his God was, man. Okay, let God be true and every man a liar. So we put that in our hearts when it says, stand firm, stand firm thus in the Lord. Stand firm in the Lord, man. Don't let the wind and waves discourage you. Don't say, well, you know, I, it was easy to trust God, but now uh, now my kids are doing this, or, or this happened, and, and they got the corona, and I, you know, just everything's just falling apart. Oh, everything may fall apart, but God is what we stand on. He is that rock, all right? You build your house on sinking sand, it ain't going to prove out very good. Uh, Psalm 34 and verse 8. Excuse me. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Have you done that yet? 
I sure hope you put your faith in the Lord. Because uh, he won't let you down. He's not always going to do everything you want. But he'll do what's best for you. Life's not always going to be easy. But you have him. You have, this, you, have, you have a friend that sticks closer to you than a brother. Because we will go through trials and storms in this world. We will have to deal with the consequences of our own stupid selfish actions. We'll have to deal with the consequences of other people's stupid actions. You know, we live in a world where, where, you know, evil people want to do bad things, man. But God is faithful. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed are happy. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Why am I blessed if I put all my eggs in this basket? Why am I blessed if, if, I, if, if I say I'm trusted in God? Let God be true and every man be a liar. Some people trust in chariots. Some people trust in horses. Some people trust in Porsches. But I trust in the name of the Lord my God. You know, what, what, why are you going to be happy? Because God's not going to let me down. He's faithful. He's faithful. I can trust in him. So I'm going to stand firm. Moving forward, last slide. So, is everyone doing okay? Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. Stand firm. 2 Thessalonians 2 and verse 15. This is the Apostle Paul again, talking to the Thessalonian church. So then, brothers, stand firm. He's telling these guys the same thing. So then, brothers, stand firm and hold fast to the traditions that you were taught by us, either by our spoken word or by our letter. So he's saying, hey, you take these letters that I'm writing to you guys, you stand on that stuff, all right? You stand on that. The teachings that I gave you guys when I was there, you stand on that stuff. That's like God telling us, you take this book and you stand on it. It's the same sentiment. You take God's word and you stand on it. You put your trust in that over what anybody else says. I'm standing firm on God's promises and I won't be shaken. I won't be tossed around no matter what this world throws at me or no matter what temptation comes my way. Oh, hold on, man. Let me uh, acknowledge what God would have me do in this situation. Can I get a witness? First Peter 5 and verse 9. Resist him. Resist who? Resist Satan and his lies. Because all he does is lie. And he'll dangle that carrot in front of your face and just get you to walk off the cliff, man. He'll dangle that carrot in your face and get you to take a big hanker and chomp of it. And then it'll, then it'll blow the whistle on you, man. Look, looky here, man. We resist the devil and his temptations. Well, how in the world would I do that, man? He's the devil and I'm me. I'm just a guy, man. I'm not a, how, how do I deal with a fallen angel, man, that's done all this craziness? We're talking about the guy that tricked Adam and Eve and this and that. How, how can I, what, what in the world can I do against this cat? Well, resist him, firm in your faith. There it is again, man. Stand on God's word. Trust in God's word. You're on, you're on that rock, man, that cannot be shaken. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And that'll help too. You know, I resist Satan by standing firm on God's word, on God's promises, and keep this in mind. 
when 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 I when I'm going through a hard time or I'm being tempted and I feel like, man, I'm just gonna lose. I, I can't I can't not do this. I'm just gonna go crazy here. I don't know how I can deal with this. Well, there's a whole lot of other Christians throughout the world who are going through the same type of stuff. You're not alone in this. All right. Stand firm. That's your directive. Trust in God. Follow his good book. Can I get a witness? Isaiah 26 and verse 3. Oh, I like this one. I like this one. You keep him in perfect peace. I like that because I've had a lot of the other peace. I've had a lot of pieces of the peace that the world offers, man, and it don't last. I've had, I've had my share of fun out in the world, and I've done this, and I've done that. I've done just about everything you could do through the 90s and 2000. Whatever whatever there was there, man, I sure tried it. You know, and, and you get your temporal peace or whatever, but then you wake up, and you're like, oh, my gosh. Where's my car keys? Where's my, well, my gosh. It's a temporal fix, and it, it don't last, which is why I said temporal. But, but it's... You're losing ground while you do it. And see, check this out. You will keep him in perfect peace. That's what I want. You will keep him in perfect peace, real peace. Who? Whose mind is stayed on you. Or whose mind is steadfast. Who's standing on your promises. You will keep him in perfect peace. Don't you want peace, man? Don't you want peace when everything is just crazy cuckoo and you don't know who's telling the truth and who's not and somebody's trying to divide us and make us hate each other and all this craziness is going on? Well, God says, you know, I got peace for you. You don't have to stress out. You don't have to get all crazy. You know, I'll keep you in perfect peace. Focus on me. Trust in me. Trust in me. All right. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you steadfast on you. Why? Because he trusts in you. Because he trusts in you. And so that's what the Apostle Paul is telling these guys. And before we wrap up this uh, letter I'm sending you, I love you. I'm proud of you. You guys are my crown. I'm just so stoked about you and the other churches, man. You know, that long after I'm gone, you guys are going to be following the Lord and raise up that next generation. And he says, but do this, man. Stand firm on the teach. Stand firm on the word of God. Trust in God. So let's wrap it up with this. Isaiah 7 and 9. You got it right there. This isn't the whole verse, um, but this is the part that I wanted to bring out. Isaiah 7, 9. Check this out. This is a good one. It's, it's got the makings of a nice little ditty, maybe a country tune, maybe a gospel tune, maybe a country gospel tune, maybe a bluegrass. Isaiah 7 and verse 9, it's the truth. If you, if you are not firm in faith, look at this. Look at this practical awesomeness that God is telling us. If you are not firm in faith, if you do not trust in God, you will not be firm at all. How about them apples, man? If you don't put your trust in God, you're going to be tossed around, man. You're going to go back and forth. You're going to limp over here to Bell. You're going to limp over here to Bell's Outlet. You, no, I'm playing. You, you're going to, you're just, they got great deals. Um, you know, right now they got uh, two shoes, one low price. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
Isaiah 7, verse 9, guys, just hear me out here. If you are not firm in faith, if you are not steadfast in what God says, you're not going to be firm in nothing, man. You're going to be tossed around. You're going to follow anything that sounds good. And you're not going to have any peace. And you're not going to be very productive for the kingdom. Can I get a witness? Okay. Father God, we love you and we praise you, Lord. I ask you, Lord, just to strengthen us. Give us the desire to 